I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Armstrong and Getty. The birthplace of talk radio. I hear all these idiots and fools and jackasses on radio. What an introduction that was. Holy God. My gosh. Nobody does it better. Kids, we don't want another incident here, okay? Yeah. It's such a bizarre world. I apologize for that. All right, go, go. You spent a lot of time in Texas? Tejas, we'd say here. This is Ed McMahon. And now, he is Armstrong and Getty. Hilarious. We never heard that, but Bloomberg's in Texas doing a little campaigning. A reporter says, How are things going in Texas? Tejas, as we say here. Yeah, nobody says that, you see. Yeah, yeah and you're from Manhattan, so <laughs> what? That's hilarious. Live from a Studio C. Hey, hey, yeah. Hey, a dimly lit room deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. Hey, everybody, Friday, end of the week, party time, and run to the tutelage of our general manager. Politics and disease. But I repeat myself. Yeah. I, I just... Uh... I mean, we got to be talking about the COVID thing, the, uh, the coronavirus, so people know what's going on. But the, the, the national obsession with politics. Please start playing baseball or, or get to the basketball playoffs or I don't know. Let's, let's have a giant national discussion of what our national dance should be. Or just something. Can we please change the topic? 
the whole two worlds we live in where where uh, we just have our we get our information from separate places and then we have our enti- our entire entire perception of existence is different mm-hmm. and apparently and I only know this through watching the cable news because I don't know any of these people but watching MSNBC coronavirus is just it's one of the all-time great panics we're thinking about it all day long. We're not exactly sure what to do. We're in a crisis. The president is letting us down. Really? And How interesting. Oh, my God. I was watching MSNBC this morning, and it's just it's just nonstop. First of all, how the president is failing us on every level. This is so serious, and we've got to get ahead of it, and blah, blah, blah. Wow. And, just, and I think, I was at the park yesterday, um, and I live in a town where you'd think if people were going to freak out, they would. I mean, there probably wasn't a Trump fan within a mile of where I was standing. Um, I was at the park yesterday with the other moms, and um, uh, kids were playing, and, and somebody sneezed or somebody like that, and somebody said, oh, it might be coronavirus. <laughs> and then we went back to talking about what else we were talking about. Nobody had any concern whatsoever. That when the topic came up, it was only as a joke, and nobody said, yeah, isn't that something? Or mm. how many people have died in your classroom or any of that? It just the moms in my park, they've got to be representative of more than... The MSNBC view of it, don't oh, sure. Yeah, yes. Who, they're not. Uh, what they keep saying on the cable news is people are scared and they need to know. I don't know anybody who's scared. I don't know a single person that's even mildly scared. As I just said about the story at the park, nobody seemed to have any concern whatsoever with a bunch of kids running around at school. So I don't. What do you? What is this? It's, I can't it's... even wrap my head around what it is. You know, my uh, daughter, my eldest, Kate, is um, she lives within walking distance of uh, the 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 uh, uh, elder care center, I guess it was in Kirkland, Washington, um, where most of the fatalities in America have occurred. And, yeah, I've been texting her about it because she and her boyfriend were sick. And I said, I wonder if you guys had it. You might have. And she said, yeah, we felt like this and this could be. Anyway, and then we went back to talking about our job. People are scared, and they need comforting. And the president is failing us. They're talking about (sighs) how the president needs to assign somebody that everybody can get up every morning and see the press conference and have a sense of where are we today? What? Where am I supposed to go today? And I just thought, I don't know anybody who's living like that. Well, they're trying to build a narrative. Now, it's got... Shape perception. Running against my argument would be all of those wiped out shelves in stores all across the country that I see pictures of. Yes. Um, Here's my question. So those people apparently are scared. Or are they scared of other people being scared? Right. Because there are studies that show, and, and there are actually quite a few examples of this. It's true of how good looking are you, racism, blah, blah, blah. That people perceive everybody else is pretty stupid. But I'm not. Uh, but I'm going to stock up at the store because everybody else is so stupid. They'll probably want to stock up at the store, and it becomes a self, uh, you know, fulfilling prophecy. So I don't know who's actually concerned about the coronavirus or who's just concerned they're not going to have any TP. They're going to have to start tearing up newspaper. Uh, As if anybody gets a newspaper at home. I must have a high level of confidence in the American uh, shipping system, because I just assume if the store runs out, they'll have more in like a day. If you can afford it, there's no downside to it, though. No, no, there's not. I just just don't know what's driving it. Like, I was watching a, a story about Italy. And the, and the tail wagging the dog, I mean, it was all about how they've canceled all sporting events. Uh, schools are closed across the entire country. 
Um, uh, they're walking through uh, Rome, and everything is closed. They never got to. Is it actually worse in Italy, or are the people dying by the boatloads, or, or is this just? Which is I'm more interested in the disease than people if they're overreacting to the disease. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because again, with the this convention was closed. Well, how about do a story on was it even slightly a good idea for them to to cancel that convention? No, no. Was that an appropriate response or was that an overreaction? That seems like that ought to be part of the story. That would take actual reporting and intelligence and perspective. You're asking too much. But I haven't heard anybody say, seems like an overreaction, Jim, to cancel that convention, given the fact that in that state there have been two cases and no fatalities. Nobody Fear says that. and conflict drive ratings. That's that's it. That's just remember that. Hmm. Fear uh, and conflict. And if there's no fear and conflict, they'll make it up. I don't know. It's uh, we, we live in two completely different worlds of uh, um, um, our, our, our perception of what's going on. Yes, I would say your conservative media are talking about it almost as much. They just don't have that whole, the president has failed us, uh, weeping and gnashing of teeth narrative tied into it. I don't know. I thought the experience at the park was pretty uh, pretty amazing. Oh, yeah. Because I had just turned off cable oh, yeah. news when I went over oh, to the park. I thought you were making it like the right-left uh, cable news thing maybe it's just, coronavirus ha 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 and then back to yeah jimmy so he's going to be at skateboard camp and just nothing well yeah no okay. concern so the two worlds you're talking about are media and reality yeah yeah okay i thought we were yeah. talking like like the left right msnbc thing but no that's unquestionably true as we've said many times do not take your cues for what is real from the media take it from your life your your friends your neighbors what you observe personally this this monstrous fun house mirror version of America you get through the media is just not healthy. It's weird, though. It's and it's pitting weird. us all against each other. My gosh, you see it in the Nashville area. You, you got folks from the far right to the far left, black, white, and, 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 and Hispanic and everything in between. Tornado comes and, and, and kills people and knocks down towns. And everybody joins together and helps each other because they're all Americans and they all take care of each other. We're fine. We're fine. But there is a lot of ratings to be made and a lot of votes to be gotten driving wedges between us. Let's kick off the show. Bunch of wedge drivers, that's what I call By introducing everybody in the squad, there's our board operator, Michelangelo. Pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michael? Good. Went to my favorite warehouse club to get a combination pizza, and they were out of it because of the coronavirus. Oh, no. I guess somebody in line ahead of me said that bell peppers fought the coronavirus, and they... uh, you know, it was a run on. Going nuts. Yeah, Next it would be you know. interesting to do that though. If you're in line and just kind of mention that to somebody, and then see if people behind you start buying combination pizza just because of that. I I don't. I guess I don't know. I only see these people from a distance. I've yet to actually meet one uh, who's who's all freaked out about this. So there's positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well, although I must spend this time uh, making a correction from a, uh, uh, a statement I made yesterday that is, without a doubt, inaccurate. I take some solace in the fact that uh, that some cable news uh, bigwigs also, or I guess anchors, they're not necessarily bigwigs, also got fooled by this. Uh, they were responding to the same tweet that I saw uh, scrolling through my Twitter timeline uh, earlier in the day. Bloomberg spent $500 million on ads, U.S. population $327 million. Uh, don't tell us if you're ahead of us on the math. He could have given each American one 
million dollars wow. and have had lunch money left over. Wow. It's an incredible way of putting it. Yeah, except for that's not how the math works well, well, out. And not and even close. No, no not no, even not close. Even and close. and no. so well, uh, when you said that yesterday, I thought, well, it's not even close, but I thought you are just exaggerating or making a joke. Brian Williams said it out loud on the air. Do we have that whole clip? we got to play the whole clip, including his guest. This yeah. isn't complicated math, though. I mean, it's not. Boy, if you dig into the math, you find out that's not no, accurate. It's, it's, not, <laughs> it's like one of those grade school brain teasers where, like, a, a plane crashes on the border of Canada and U.S. Where do you bury the survivors? And then, it, 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 you know, and if you give it even a moment of critical thought, you realize, wait a minute. Yeah, no, I'm being tricked not here. Right. Here, yeah. Here's the full clip. Oh, uh, and, and, and by the way, before you play that, Sean, I heard it described on the Twitter machine as the single stupidest conversation ever held. <laughs> On television, <laughs> it may be. Let's listen in. Somebody tweeted recently that um, actually, with the money he spent, he could have given every American a million dollars. Got it. Let's put it up yeah. on the screen. It when I read it uh, tonight on social media, it kind of all became clear. Wow. Bloomberg spent five hundred million on ads. U.S. population three hundred twenty-seven million. Wow. Uh, don't tell us if you're ahead of us on the math. He could have given each American one million dollars and have had lunch money left over it's an incredible way of putting it it's an incredible way of putting it it's true it's disturbing it does it does suggest wow you know what we're talking about here which is there, there's too much money in politics i don't want to come off as a math nerd but if you have 500 people and give them each a million dollars that would cost you 500 million yeah for 500 people i mean uh, this is a I, super oof. simple math i think that may be <laughs> The stupidest conversation ever had on cable news. Because, number one, you got the math error, which is obvious. But, secondly, both of their comments were utterly without insight or interest or humor. <laughs> they were noises coming from humans' mouths. And they had the graphic of the tweet ready. This this was wow. not just them going off it, right? They, oh, no, this was a featurette. Mul- multiple people saw this, and I'm in this boat, too, because I got tricked and I didn't put any sort of my own critical thought into it. And it was, yeah, but you didn't prepare graphics and teleprompters and the rest no, of I, it. No, I scrolled through Twitter looking said, for hey, a look thought for my final thought. Yeah, right. yeah. 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 <laughs> and nobody nobody said in his ear, that's not even close to right. Um, everybody would get like $1.30. <laughs> that's something. Uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this Friday, March 6th, the year 2020. We're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. I sit here stunned. All right, let's begin the show officially now, according to FCC rules and regulations. Here we go at Mark. Mark. Hitting the button harder and harder. Think about how the world would be if you tried to quarantine everybody because of the generic type flu. Now, I'm not saying this is the generic type flu, but maybe we'd be just better off if we gave it to everybody. And then in a month it would be over because the mortality rate of this probably isn't going to be any different if we did it that way than the long-term picture. But the difference is we're wreaking havoc on global and domestic economies. So is that getting giving everybody the flu? That's (laughs) right, Jack, and we're supposed to be outraged by that, that Rick Santelli, the hero of the Tea Party, actually said that. He's advocating that. I'm outraged. I'm a march. I don't know. Oh, for God's sake. So we're running out of time. How is mailbag? Oh, it's fine. <laughs> That's Who not the cares? Friday spirit. I don't care. That is not the Friday spirit. We have clips of the week we as well. And Friday fun. Come, Come up on, on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty.
day, my, day, my God, coffee is magical. <laughs> um, Delicious. <laughs> so we got mailbag on the way, obviously, but uh, it's Friday. Something happens on Friday. Oh, yes. It's fun. Look back at the week that was. It's cow clips of the week. It has a deep, complex, well-thought-out, multi-month negotiated verification complex. All those you've been knocked down, counted out, left behind, this is your campaign. Hillary Clinton has announced that she's starting a podcast. And, uh, okay, now I do think we should lock her up. The year was 19 Ricky Ticky Tabby. <laughs> and me and Nelson Mandela were palling around South Africa green book style. To be honest, I much prefer our dystopia where a talking box listens to all our conversations and then tells Jeff Bezos when I'll need underwear next. It's such a convenient way to give up everything. Well, after a conversation with MSNBC, I decided tonight will be my last hardball. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the go, you know the, you know the thing. <laughs> Listen, if yep. you want to date a 38-year-old hairstylist in Sacramento, just go get your hair cut in Sacramento. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> An Ohio man is attempting to break a world record by drinking only beer during Lent. If you're wondering what he's giving up, I'm guessing custody? There is your projected winner well, hey. in American Samoa, <laughs> the former mayor of New York, Michael Bloomberg. We might see Democrats starting to, to ask Sanders to, look, let's just don't drag this thing out any, any more than we have to. You have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. Come on, younglings, get off your TikTok, Snapchats and votes. Oh, man. Too much happens too fast in the I, modern world. It was amusing and exhausting. All that happened. That's right. American Samoa can't be real proud of itself. <laughs> Vote for what's his name, and then the next day he drops out, and everybody's making fun. It's a lovely little island in the South Pacific. We recommend you visit it soon. Well, 100 people voted, so he only needed to give 51 of them a million. That'd be $51 million. According to you and Brian Williams. Mailbag. Our favorite, uh, I'm sorry, <clears throat> our freedom-loving quote of the day today is my favorite quote from Samuel Adams. It is, uh, it is great inspirational stuff and also somewhat worrisome. I'll just read it to you. It does not take a majority to prevail, but rather an irate, tireless minority keen on setting brush fires of freedom in the minds of men. The part that worries me is sometimes the irate, tireless minority is keen on setting brush fires of, of the terrible stuff in the minds of men, too. Um, that's why you got to keep fighting for what you believe in. Huh? All right. This is what... <laughs> <clears throat> Kathy in San Jose writes, To avoid infectious diseases, don't touch your face. The government agencies always put uh, put it on the public to say that we're doing something wrong. This is why we have the disease. Joe, I loved your gentle, wise rebuttal to this a few days ago. Mr. Gentle but Wise is what the staff calls me behind my back. Mm. 
At least that's what I'd like to... Among other things. Think. Yeah, a lot of other things. So, um, But you, the human beast is obviously designed to regularly clear away certain areas of the face and keep things away from the openings in your face. Mm. It's completely unrealistic. It's just silly, but you're going to hear it a thousand times. Right now, some parent is driving their poor kids crazy with, don't touch your face, you'll spread disease. That probably would make you nuts. Yes. Stop it. It'll be fine. Armstrong and Getty Show. See this lady right here? Yes. She's an expert. All right. She's talking about coronavirus. You know what that is, Pat? I've heard of it. What she's saying right here is, don't touch your mouth, nose, or eyes, and then, boom, she licks her finger. That's a mouth touch, Pat. Sure is. This is a press conference. You can tell because they got a smart person with glasses up front, and she's she's got the microphones down there, and then the people in the back facing forward. I mean, people don't do that in the real world. They look at each other. And then look at this guy right here. He doesn't move the entire time. This lady brushes her hair. The smart lady with the glasses. She licks her finger. And Dr. Eggman here. He's one of those evil geniuses. <laughs> wow. Is that uh, Frank Kelly Endo? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. John Madden breaking down the coronavirus <laughs> press conference. And then, boom! He t- she touches her face. With a deadpan Pat Summerall standing by. <laughs> Look at Dr. Eggman right here. He's one of those evil geniuses. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, uh, getting back to Kathy from San Jose's note about touching your face, and I was saying, this is just, it's so ridiculous. And that gal... The government spokeslady. I've tied my children's hands to their sides. That's the only sensible thing you can do. Uh, the this, this spokeslady says, now don't touch your face. And she goes on for like 30 seconds and then says, all right, moving along. And she immediately wets her finger in her mouth. <laughs> and and I, I said, because I, I, I became aware of this a while ago, that's the hint during flu season. It is impossible, impossible. If I gave you, if if I offered you fifty thousand dollars not to touch your face for an hour, you would touch it thirty times, and at the end of the hour, claim you didn't. It's unconscious. It's natural. It's something we do as an animal. If we sense something about to get in our eyes or our nose or our mouth, it's a protective mechanism, and uh, this has not been studied. But it's probably a good idea to go ahead and do what you're doing. Mm. Oh, she licks her finger. That's a mouth touch, Pat. I, it's not that I don't understand how disease is transmitted and get that if you touch the corner of your eye because you got some gunk in there, you know, you might give it to yourself. But don't drive yourself and your kids crazy yelling, don't touch your face. Oh, don't touch your face. You poor little kid in their car. In your car. Your little kids have cars? What kind of family is this? <laughs> I said, don't, just, 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 everybody calm down. I think the real danger for your children is their own cars. Driving their cars around. <laughs> hey, giving a seven-year-old an automobile. <laughs> so there's uh, some breaking economic news. They put this out once a month, you know, how many jobs were added and uh, people talking about Oh, it. yeah, Whatever. Jack. Anyway, the U.S. added 273,000 jobs in February, which is... Uh, yeah, I didn't get any of them. Way above expectations. I only got this one. <clears throat> so, whatever. Yeah, it was a great February. March uh, could take it in the shorts because of the coronavirus. Right, I like, the, I like this the, line. I'll bet the Republican doors, yes? I like this line from a senior economist somewhere. 
uh, most of the stuff was baked in before coronavirus hit and the stock market tanked. Yep. So it's a little like saying the car was in fine condition just before it was involved in a crash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, things are going to be a little volatile for a while. Yeah. And that was actually... Uh, I have old... no control over any of it, so I don't worry much about it. That was Rick Santinelli's, Santinelli's point, that, that allegedly controversial statement he made that we ought to just give everybody the coronavirus and get it over with. Uh, number one, he's a stock market guy. He doesn't have the power to do that. Number two, his point was clear. It's uncertainty and the slow unroll of this thing, this freaking people and markets and supply chains out. And Oh, you know, here's your uh, coronavirus stat of the day, Jack. Okay. You know that part of China where uh, all those people died? Wuhan! The smoking rate uh, 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 there among men, 50%. There you go. Including the elderly. That's a pretty good you stat. You have chain-smoking 75-year-olds who are dying of the coronavirus. In a country with terrible health care. Yes. Well, their health care was nailing your door shut and telling you don't come out. Just smoke your cigarettes and stay in there. Right. Here, here's China. Open your window a couple inches. There, there's some more smokes. They throw them inside. Come on, China. Old smokers with bad health care, their rate of death does not affect me. Not really. Not really. With all due respect to the folks who have passed, how many people have passed from the flu this season? A thousand times? As many as... Uh, t- 10,000 times? As many have uh, as have passed to the coronavirus in the United States at this point? Well, I don't know what this year is going to be, but if it's around 40,000, which is kind of a typical year... yeah. Make it easy. Make it 36,500. So you have an even number there. Um, 36,500. Why'd you pick that number? I didn't get 365 it. days a year. Oh, I see. Just... Okay. Yeah, okay. Or there if you go. want to make it 36,000, so then you get 3,000 a month. How about we do that? Okay. <laughs> You're <laughs> like Rick Santelli over there. So 100 a day. 100 right. people dying every single day. If 100 people died today of the coronavirus, people would go nuts. But it happens every single day with the flu. Right. Right. On an average year. Some yeah. years it's much, much worse. Um, but so what? what is the death rate for old people? I heard on MSNBC this morning somebody stated that it's three to five times more than the flu. I hadn't heard that anywhere. Is that true? We don't know that. We don't know that because we don't we can't, we don't have an inkling of the total number of cases I yet. Thought, when I heard that on MSNBC, I thought that is really a, um, what would the right word be? Um, something you shouldn't do. <laughs> um, uh, you, you're, it's, it's, you're not you're not being very good to your viewers by saying that. It's wildly irresponsible. Yeah, there are lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of people walking around with this thing who are fine, or sniffling a little bit, or feeling a little under the weather, and they will be perfectly fine. We have no idea of the total. So how can you give me a percentage? That's incredibly irresponsible. And any physician will tell you that. And I've been seeking out doctors to talk. To, and they're like, no, these statistics are utterly useless, and they're they're corrupt from a mathematical point of view. Anyway, need to check in briefly on the Democratic presidential race, but um, <clears throat> I don't know if our uh, our nurse for my son got her car broken into the other day. Depending on where you live, crime is just way different than it was a few years ago. Yeah, yeah. And a word from our our good friends at Simply Safe. They have everything you need in a home security system, award winning protection. But you don't have to wait weeks for some tech to do a messy installation and leave footprints in your carpet. And it's too expensive, too. you got to go with Simply Safe. Maybe you didn't think you needed this sort of thing before, but you probably do now. You can put Simply Safe, uh, install it in your home, 30 minutes to an hour. You do it yourself. Costs about 50 cents a day. No contracts. And this is the best part. 
60-day risk-free trial. Try it out. See if you like it. Free shipping, 60-day risk-free trial. Why wouldn't you? And you can customize it to your place and your needs, too. They have outdoor cameras and doorbell alerts. Uh, they have uh, entry and motion and glass-breaking sensors for the inside of your house. Just go to simplysafecom slash Armstrong. Get free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. If you don't like it, you don't want it, send it back. These people are honorable. They are good folks. Go to Simply Safe. It's uh, two eyes spelling simply. Isn't that crazy? SimplySafe.com slash Armstrong. Do it today. SimplySafe.com slash Armstrong. So the, uh, the the story is, I don't know if this is true or not, that Biden sees Michigan as an opportunity to uh, put Sanders away completely. I think that's clearly true. Yeah. Yeah. Biden's, there are a couple of uh, heavily black states, a lot of black voters, Democratic voters, that he's going to win going away. So if Bernie doesn't grab Michigan, I think he's uh, screwed and tattooed, as they say. It'd be pretty hard for him to make the argument for staying in. the tattooing brothel business. Yes? Um, The current polling, what's the latest poll I've got out of Michigan here? Biden 29, Sanders 23. That's of likely voters in that poll. Um, There's an earlier poll from a couple of weeks ago in which Sanders was way ahead, but we all know how that moved last week. So this more recent poll with Biden in first place. I don't know. Who knows? Well, and Jack, your strategic question of the day, what do desperate times call for? Hmm? You know this one. That's right. Desperate measures. measures? No, desperate measures. Oh, I'm sorry. I got it all wrong. And Bernie is sending his surrogates forth with one particular narrative. And it's a little hurtful toward old Uncle Joe. And we will be uh, explaining what we mean by that in a moment or two. But they are going hard. Well, I'll just tell you. We'll give you some examples. But I'll stay tuned for a second. Now you're going to tell me. They're going hard at the, on the senile card. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. That is the narrative. Which may have the benefit of also being true. Uh, to some extent. This is not, Maybe. This is not like one of those where you're kind of making something up out of whole cloth. No. No. No, indeed. It's... Probably not an honorable thing to do. It's certainly not a nice thing. Well, to I don't do. know. I don't know. I, I, I don't know on this one. If you honestly believe the other candidate doesn't have it all together, I'm not sure pointing that out is dishonorable. All right, we will discuss Jack in favor of elder abuse. Stay tuned. <laughs> I want to be clear. I'm not going nuts. Armstrong and Getty Show. What we all know, but unfortunately aren't allowed to talk about because it's personal attacks, is he is a candidate that is mentally deteriorating. People in the Democratic uh, establishment say, oh, don't say that. They really believe that they can shield Joe Biden from public scrutiny. And the reality is they can't. We all see what's going on here. And it's going to be a disaster if we nominate Joe Biden. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go, you know, you know, the thing. Oh, boy. So the um, uh, story in political circles is that Biden's looking at Michigan as a knockout blow in Michigan. Tuesday? Next week? Mm-hmm. When is it? Um, yes, next week, I believe. And that he could end Bernie's uh, campaign. the week after that, eventually. 
Somebody look that up. Right. Um, but uh, Michigan's a big prize, and um, Bernie was way ahead, and the latest poll has Biden ahead. And uh, the idea is that Biden could end this. I mean, it'd be pretty hard for Bernie to continue to have an argument. So you're saying Bernie's pulling out all the stops. Yes, indeed. And listen, as you said, uh, and it was terrible. I, I, it was hard to hear. If a candidate is losing their marbles, it's probably okay to point that out. I don't think that's I mean, out of how bounds. How could it not be? I don't know how I you mean, go about it. for the good it. of the country. Yeah, I don't know how you go about it properly. Well, first of all, I should, maybe I should start with, do I think Joe Biden's mental capacity is slowed? It's clearly slowed from his from 10 years ago, even. That's obvious to everyone, right? I don't think anybody think so. would. I don't think that's anybody legit. would even argue with that. He's always um, been gaff prone and tongue tied, but you know that's okay. But uh, do I think it's enough that he shouldn't be in office because of that? Not policies, just because of his mental. But I don't. I don't know that I feel like he's slipped that much. But but you are signing up for another four years. I was going to say he's just he's slipped that much so far, and it's almost a year before he'd be president right before he'd take office so you got five years from now mm-hmm. and he's already noticeably slipped yeah i don't well actually here from uh the joe biden story it's the campaign film his uh campaign is released here's uh, joe biden giving an impassioned speech in the floor of the senate hell i was born here and i was raised here and that going i'm gonna die here and no sideways and bushwhacking horn swoggling crocker crocker He's going to roll away, Mrs. Cutter. <laughs> now, who can argue with that? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. It's, uh, what was that? Uh, the control room. Oh, that was Blazing Saddles. My apologies. So, and no sideways bushwhacking, horn-swoggling, crocker-crocker. Oh, He's going to roll away, Mrs. Cutter. <laughs> Christmas cutter? Is that what, so those were the words of Mel Brooks, not oh. Joe Biden. <laughs> oh man, I'd forgotten how funny that scene was. And maybe time to uncover that old chestnut again. Um, so is it out of bounds for Bernie to point that out? That's a good question. No. I don't think it is. No, it's not. But when Man, they went after Reagan like crazy over that. It was open, it was aggressive, it was mean. Well, and when he was running originally, there was there was there weren't obvious signs that he had slipped mentally. No, he was just the oldest guy to uh, to to run, and be inaugurated. Yeah. At this point, he would be by far the youngest man in the race. Oh, Reagan running? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, they'd um, be referring to him as the kid. Yeah, what do you know at your age? <laughs> um, you need to live a little. You sidewinded Kruger, Kruger. <laughs> Biden, Sanders, the questionable brain versus the questionable heart. You choose. <laughs> oh, oh, my boy. goodness. Wow, that's, that's pretty good. All we need is some sort of uh, a cowardly candidate so that we can get the full Wizard of Oz trio up there on a debate stage. God, I heard uh, some uh, economic analysts the other day on a podcast talking about how the baby boomer generation is the worst generation in American history. No offense. It's really hard to argue that that's not the case. And uh, one of them said, so why don't we stop a Electing baby boomers president. <laughs> that's the case. But it is extraordinary at this point. Although, I don't know, there are boomers who are in their late 50s, right? If you did the blah, blah, blah. But, yeah. I mean, so these guys are like early baby boomers. Yeah. Um, uh, I but, think technically Biden's the generation before boomer. So is he even part of the greatest generation? Is he that old? No. 
I, I don't I, I don't know my generational right. orders, but yeah. I, I saw an article where the, these two aren't technically even boomers. Well, well, yeah, wait a minute. A baby boomer would be born after World War II. Right. Uh, right. No is the answer. He is not a boomer. Biden was born in 42. His children? Or, I, well. I can remember Biden because he's the same age as my mom, which is astounding. Right. Um, yeah, your mom was not a baby boomer. Uh, is it okay to go after his mental capacity? I'm saying yes, but when uh, Julian Castro did it on the debate stage the way he did it, I thought it was awful. Would you forget? Would you forget what you said just a minute ago? Did you already forget? Well, that was stupid because it was out of place. So you got to handle it right. Well, right, because Joe hadn't forgotten anything. It was a perfectly reasonable conversation. But what, would you, what would you use it as an example? Because, um, for instance, the, the other night when he introduced, uh, here's my wife and my sister. Wait a second. You know, that... That was not evidence of his mind slipping. No, people tried to make hay with that. That was just dumb. I mean, they, yeah. So, but I think if you wait long enough, you'll you'll find an opportunity. Or you don't need to do it in person on stage or anything like that. Just get your surrogates out across the land pushing that narrative, which is clearly what's happening right so now. So you're going to have Bernie people trying to trick Biden into complicated questions and answers to draw out his mental incapacity. You're going to have Biden people crawling up behind Bernie and yelling boo to try to make his heart go. <laughs> and that's what's going to be going on between the two campaigns. Yeah. Boo! Well, I, Look out! <laughs> I'll tell you what, one of the narratives about Bernie, straight out of the New York Times, is... Um, Soviet-era files. Yeah, I love this story. Tracking efforts uh, by Bernie in the 80s to to find a Russian sister city for Burlington, Vermont. Because one of Bernie's hobbies has been totalitarian communist regimes and all the good things about them for a very long time. Which is very, very troubling. But yeah, the KGB was acutely aware of Bernie and really interested in stoking that relationship and saying essentially, this guy is great. (laughs) <laughs> this this is exactly what we want because we will use these programs to sow pro uh, Soviet propaganda. Did you hear Biden's response to that story? No. No Sayerwainian bushwhacking, pouring swaggering, crocker crocker is going to roll away. Oh, that's a more traditional view of the Soviet <laughs> Union. Oh, that is pretty funny. <laughs> that has to be our go-to Joe Biden clip. <laughs> Yeah. I'm not sure it's fair. <laughs> I don't all... see a referee around here, do you? Fair, <laughs> Schmear. Grow uh, up. I've got some good coronavirus stuff coming up uh, about what we were talking about earlier. The the media going crazy over this. Perfect example of the media overstating their case on corona coming up next hour. So getting back to the Soviet uh, thing, one of my favorite quotes from the New York Times article, the conservative New York Times attacking Bernie. One of the most useful channels, this is from the uh, the KGB files, one of the most useful channels in practice for actively carrying out information propaganda efforts has proved to be sister city contact. Deepening and activating relationships between Soviet and foreign cities solidifies agreements on the governmental level and further understanding and cooperation between peoples. Now that sounds innocent enough or, or, or positive enough, but then they talk about... Um, the mayor's going to talk about Soviet Union's peace-loving policies and democratic reforms. Um, this will be useful for, oh, where's that quote? Um, spreading positive messages about the Soviet Union within the United States. That's how Bernie ended up in the Soviet Union right after he got married. He didn't technically honeymoon in the Soviet Union like it's so often stated. They were doing the sister city thing and the travel happened right after his wedding. But 
the fact that he was so excited about the whole relationship with the Soviet Union thing is is completely accurate. Well, yeah, and he was, and he came back with nothing but positive things to say about the Soviet Union just a couple of years before it collapsed. Yes, yeah, it was in the eighties. And uh, well, and and just the praise of Castro. Why would you go out of your way? He imprisoned and tortured anybody who opposed yeah. him. He's a horrific, brutal dictator. I think Bernie's over, and I think that will go down for people who follow can- campaigns throughout history as the thing that did him in. He needed to back off that on sixty minutes. Well, now in light of further information, he could have t- turned that, and his past statements would have been okay. Um, he could have gotten away from it. But I don't think he had it in his heart. He doubled down, right. His he red heart. <laughs> I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.